over a wall somewhere. <laughs> Good to see so many out this morning, yeah. even in the balcony. I'm trying to think of a song, and I can't think of a song. Some glad
such a good atmosphere. I almost hate to have you be seated, but let's be seated for a moment. And uh, we want to welcome you all on Sunday morning. It's always something wonderful about the resurrection morning. I'm sure glad to be in the house of the Lord. Sure is nice to see all of you here. We've got our balcony is full, the church is full. I believe the Sunday school's been full. We just want to thank the Lord for the opportunity to gather earlier this morning or late last night, rather, I was um, conversing with Brother Tim Dodd. He's actually in Uganda. He's taken a mission trip. They are having meetings, but they're only permitted to have, to have up to 200. But I'll tell you what, they know how to do it. They've got 200 in the building. They've got a series of tents and structures outside the building, and they are making much of the 200. So um, anyway, it was wonderful. I've seen some videos, and my heart was just longing for, for my brethren there and the times that are there. We thank God there's a universal bride and there is going to be a gathering. Amen. There is going to be a gathering. I don't know if you know or it wasn't maybe mentioned, but Brother Arinze, where are you? If you'd raise your hand, Brother Arinze. He's downstairs? Okay. Brother Arinze and his wife, um, the last name is Oak. Okachawak, it's okay, Brother Arinze, and uh, he's um, he's actually from Nigeria originally, and uh, he uh, has moved here a number of years ago with his wife and his children, and Brother Arinze came from Nigeria originally, and he married um, Brother John Ogu's daughter, and they had two children in uh, Calgary. And just about two months ago, they had twins. So now they have four children. They doubled their number really quickly. And as a result of, of twins being in the family, uh, Brother Rinze's uh, mother came and his mother-in-law came. And his mother-in-law was the one who sang for us Amen. this morning. And that is Sister Ansa Ogu. That's Brother John Ogu's wife. So some of you may remember Brother John Ogu. He's passed away. But that's his wife. So if you have a chance to see them or greet them, you, you welcome them. Amen. Nice to have them here. We want to just give them a hand. Amen. I just wanted to make mention also that uh, the, uh, the Sunday schools are in effect. And I'd, I'd mentioned last week that you could avoid the area... In the sun, down in the common room of the Sunday school when it's ongoing. Um, I realize some brothers have no place to go, so you can use that space, but just don't move into the Sunday school rooms. After the Sunday school rooms have gone, you're welcome to go into those rooms, and we're going to designate the main one for that. We have a couple of other announcements to make. Uh, first of all, today is Sister Joyce Steve's birthday. And uh, there she is. Let's just give her a hand. God bless you. That one wasn't broadcast widely until just now, and so we want to just do that. Also today, so many of you may know, but um, Brother Tito and Sister Edith Jordan, along with Brother Ray and Sister Tabitha Adrian, are happy to announce the engagement of their children, 
Brother Anthony Adrian and Sister Caitlin Jordan. So let's give them a hand. Where, where are they? They're in the balcony. What are you doing up there? I think we should have you come and be in the center of the sound booth where we can see you all. Amen. They're, they're sitting together and uh, wonderful. We want to we wanna thank the Lord for it. It really, this really represents a bridge between the, the blondes and the, and the brunettes, between the north side and the south side, uh, between the parents of the deacon board and the parents of the trustee board. Um, this is an amazing event that's happened here today. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy for you, Brother Anthony, Sister Caitlin. Um, may you conduct your courtship with honor, with dignity. I think it's an amazing thing in this day to see two young people that will entrust their lives to God's way, not the way of the world. And we're happy for you. And how many will be praying for them? Amen. We're, we're, we're praying for you, and may, may God bless you and your lives together. Why don't we stand together? Uh, let's just change the order a little bit. Let's sing, You Deserve the Glory. You Deserve the Glory. You deserve the glory.
softly yet. Heavenly Father, we now turn the service to you, for Lord, you are the great one in our midst. Lord, we've sung the songs and we appreciate the songs that were sung. I believe you're the center of those songs. We thank you. We thank you for the prayers that have been offered. We thank you for every effort that's been put to this service, everyone that's in attendance, everyone that's listening in. And now, Lord, we just submit our beings entirely into your hands. Lord, I submit myself into your hands. You see, maybe, Lord, the, the, the service, maybe different things that came and our nervousness. And, but now, Lord, we're asking that we're setting all of that aside and we're asking that this would be under the control of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we give ourselves to you. And now we ask your blessing on the word and the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you to all the musicians. We've spent a little more time on preliminary. Let's go right to the word this morning to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I'm going to read a little lengthy portion of this, and then you can be seated. Isaiah 43. We'll start the reading right from verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and will gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. I trust that as we're reading, you can identify in your, your part in the Scriptures. Verse 8, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled among whom can declare this and show us the former things. Let them bring forth witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. 
I don't know what the Trinitarians do with this scripture. I do not know. Verse 12, I have declared and have saved and I have showed that there, that there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who will let it? That, that's something we'll come back to. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all your nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Amen. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Now I'm, I'm going to use some of these and come back to them. Which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me and the dragons and the owls because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Amen. God bless his word. You may have your seats. We could spend time on all of those verses and words and, and such, but, but we'll, we'll move along. I'll invite you also to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. Psalms, chapter 1. In verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So this is the admonition. Somebody who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, doesn't stand in the way of sinners, not as a scornful, but his delight is the law of the Lord, his law he meditates. This is the result, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. I'm, I'm going to continue on, on, on the theme of the prevailing seed, but I spoke the last few uh, weeks on Sunday on focused on the gate of this day, and then we spoke on the great final unseen battle, and I've been using some time charts and things and bringing some information. 
I, I don't want to bring information that passes over us. I, I want things to be relevant. I want them to, to fit and, and work into our lives. And sometimes we can try to tie things together and bring them, you know, really the message brings so many things together. Uh, the portion that we're dealing with brings the 70 weeks of Daniel. It brings the seals. It brings the trumpets. It brings all these things. And there'd be a, a, a thought, well, here, I'll, I'll explain it. I'll put it all in. But I don't believe that's the way God does things. And sometimes God comes at something from one way. Then he comes at something from another way. But he's always moving. He's always working. And, uh, you know, it, it was... It was in um, 1963 that, that Brother Branham would, would speak a little bit, and he would, he would take just after the seals, and, well, he, I, I took these words, but I took focused and word, and it's actually 10 times in the message. Once, all, all, everyone is in 1963. One is in, in January before the seals. The rest are in the message Victory Day and the message Look, and it's in each time. And Brother Branham would, would bring thoughts on the focus and, and what we've got to look at, and, and he, he, would, he would bring these thoughts. And it was in the message Look, and I'm just going to refer to this one. He said, we must focus our lives not what somebody else says, but we must focus our lives to him. He is the word. If we get our lives lined up with the word, then the word and the life become the same. God did not come to make us message theologians. He did not come for ministers to explain this. But we are only here proclaiming that God can fuse himself together, that the message, the life of God can live in a people. And we're not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. Certainly I'm not. But he, say, he says, let our lives line up with the word and the word and the life become the same. If you abide in me and my word in you, ask what you will, it will be granted to you. Now you'll say, because the mind that was in Christ is in you, the mind that was in Christ was to fulfill the Father's word, which he was the word, there you are, then you and the word are focused together, you become a living unit of God, how great. Now, I want to entitle the thought this morning, and I took the thought of making a way uh, out of Isaiah 43, also in Psalms, but I want to call this finding the right current. And there, in the psalmist, David would say that there are rivers of water, many rivers of one water. And we live in a time, and, and I, I'm going to just, just try to say a few brief things if I can but there are many ebbs and flows that are happening in the world around us right now. There are forces, if I can call them undercurrents, anybody that's ever been around the ocean would say, they say, watch out for the riptide. 
And, and because it'll drag you out, as the tide comes in, it'll come and funnel you out, and you fight it, and you'll never do it. And so we, we need to recognize that there are undercurrents that are happening in the world around us that are greater than we are. And, and, and it's not so much that we will have the wisdom or the strength in ourselves, but we need to move in the channel of God's provided way. And we know it's all coming to a head. It's coming to a mighty river, as Brother Branham would refer to it as a cataract. And he was saying that you need to ensure that the, the little pond that you're in, that may have a little bit of an outflow, that little bit that you don't get caught in the wrong channel. So today I, I want to just take this and, and I'm, I'm actually stepping back from what I wanted to do, but I just feel I want us to be warned and prepared and, and consider our paths where we're walking, what we're engaged in, and what will be the outflow. Because we don't always know. And, and it may seem so innocuous, it may seem so innocent, and you can be lulled to sleep by where you're at, and all of a sudden you find out, I'm in something I can't get out of. God doesn't want us there. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be prepared. So if I, if I would just take this, and, and we were speaking a little bit on the timelines, the history of time, the 6,000 years, I'll just read, I'll have a little bit of that up again today. But in, in, in the message, and Brother Branham would speak in, in 1958, lifting him out of history, he said there's two scenes that are unfolding, the ending of history and the ending of time. Men through the ages has longed to see this hour. That's why I was putting that timeline up. If we could really appreciate where we're living in time. He said, this glorious setting of the mortal sun, the breaking of eternal light, I believe it's one of the grandest ages man has ever been permitted to live, the closing of time, the blending in of eternity. He says, you won't need to write too much more history because it'll never be used. And he would say this, and he used the phrase this way, both of these great events are running into shallow water. And he says, national crisis, national security, it's all running in shallow water. Now, I'm, I'm going to just use that as a springboard. And sometimes we need to think pictorially. And sometimes that's, that's a good thing to do is, is to be able to think pictorially. You know, I, in the message, looking at the unseen. It's, a, it's really an, an interesting thing, looking at the unseen. We think of it as a black uh, maze of chaos, and you're looking into it, you're discerning. But we need to move from the looking to seeing the unseen. So we're not just looking at something that's blackness, but there's a picture that's unfolding as you walk in the message. I, I, I wish I could sometimes give utterance to what I see and, and has become so real. You know, when I, when I pick up the news and I, and, I, and I see what's going on with mankind, I, I just was in a store yesterday and, 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 I, and it looked, looked like this was a woman that was there and I just asked a question about something and as it turned around, I realized I, I really have no clue what this is. And I thought, where have we come to? 
Let's not be lulled to sleep. That could only come as a product of a manifestation of what is it's in another dimension, but it's showing up on earth. So is also the bride a manifestation of something that's in another dimension. We are not here just because we've dressed good, just because we are products of something that God has sent. And I, I would say, if you're in the light and in, in the spirit of the message, it, it's, it's doing something you're not even aware of. It's a flow. Brother Adam will also say about the seventh seal, he said, now, it's the end of a church age, the end of the seals, the end of the trumpets, the end of the vials, even ends the ushering in of the millennium. And he says it would start like just a little rocket in the air. That rocket explodes again. And then those rockets explode again. And he says that's the seventh seal. It just ends the time for the world. It ends the time for this. Everything ends on the seventh seal. How is he going to do it? That's what we don't know, isn't it? We don't know. It's even time for all these things and the ushering in of the millennium. I, I, I just pray that the Lord will help me to do this in the way he, he would want. Matthew chapter 13 talks about a sower that went out to sow two seeds on the earth. And one was the seed of God, and the other was the seed of discrepancy. And, and God knew that these seeds were both laying in the same field. And, and he allowed those seeds to grow up. He allowed these seeds to mature. And he would say, but at the end of time, let's call the reapers. Let them both mature to the end. But at the end of time, we'll separate these two seeds. One would grow up into wheat. One would grow up into tares. Let them grow together. So we've seen things come around us, and we get accustomed to it. Yeah. I, I will say this. In order to see the message, you need to unsee a lot of other things. You need to stop leaning on what your eyes tell you, what people tell you, and you need to lean more on what God is speaking to us, what He's making real to us. We can't listen to what denominational world tells us. We can't listen to what the news is telling us. We can't listen to what, 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 what is moving among the people, but we need to focus on God. And I'll say, friends, there's a great danger here where, where we're at because... We have so much of the message. We have so much word. We, we, we've come out of things. We've, we've, been, we've been brought into something. And it's easy after a while to just get into a stagnant pool. And it's easy just to, to just say, okay, well, you know, on one hand, let's just wait till the Lord comes. And when the bride knows her position, that's when the rapture will come. And you can easily get lulled to sleep. That's the stagnant pool that can exist within the framework of the message. And then there's another part that's saying, we got to make something happen. Don't you look at what's going on in the world. i got to do this. I'm going to do this. That in itself is also wrong. 
Because that's not utilizing the current that God has given us to flow in. It's, it's a man-made effort if you're doing that. So what we want to do is find that sweet spot, that, that little channel that God's moving, and flow in that channel. That's what we try to do in the church. That's what we try to do in the ministry. I, I'm always watching, Lord, what are you saying? What are you speaking? As the brothers minister, as this happens, what is the Spirit saying to the church? Where are we at? Because as, as these undercurrents and great forces that are occurring in the world, don't think for a moment Black Lives Matter is just cooked up by somebody. That's a great force. And I would say it's even affected people within the framework of the message, saying it's about time. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I love my brethren, be them in Africa, wherever they're at. I don't distinguish between black and white. They are one and the same to me. And I would say, don't get caught in that current. Be careful what you're caught in. Because these currents are attractive. They're, well, what's over there? And all of a sudden you're caught in a dead pool. And you're, and you're not actually moving on with God anymore. Or you're caught in something that's not even relevant to where we're going. We want to be caught by what God is moving and He's leading us. And I would say, there's also, without going completely into the whole message... There's also a place for the church world that they're going in a current and then there's a current for the bride. And the two are different. They're not the same. And we need to be caught in what God is leading a bride in, not what He's leading a church world in. The church world has received two messengers. Billy Graham and Oral Roberts. And both of these messengers are off the scene. And according to the scriptural type, it wasn't long after these messengers left that Sodom burned. And I would say these messengers went down to Sodom. And not only was it a final warning to Lot, but it also blinded them. They could not see. They could never see what God see. And I would say these messengers have blinded a church world to the reality of what God is truly doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard thing to say. I have no good people. I know good people too. But I'm saying it's not the people. It's the system. It's the waters that they're flowing in that is creating the trouble. Now, there are many things that are designed to draw away our time. There's things to draw away our energy and take our mind to places we don't even, we shouldn't be going to. And I feel more checked than ever that we need to really focus down. Now you say, Brother Ed, you already spoke that message. I know. But I, I, I'm just using this from a different place. Somebody would say in the church, you really don't, you're not expressive in the church. And uh, you say, well, the old saying was, still waters run deep. Well, still waters still run. You know, and, and if you're actually tapped into them, you're moving. And, and, and we all know the story of, the, of the, the brother who was just very stoic and very quiet and, 
And all of a sudden, one day, he just erupted in church. And somebody said, what? What's going on? I thought you said, still waters run deep. Yeah, I hit a gusher. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's good for you to hit a gusher once in a while. Let the devil know whose side are you on. If, if, let's say this. If you can cheer for a goal at a hockey game, you ought to be able to cheer for this once in a while. I'll tell you, if you cheer for, for the car, then you, you wow this car. And wow, look at this. This, well, whatever. You might not be a car. Maybe it's, wow, look at this sewing machine. Whatever it is. I'll tell you what. If, if you can do it for whatever's passion out there, you ought to be able to have some measure of passion in here. And if you're at home and you're just the person who just loves to knit and, and just quiet, that's fine. And, and that's who you are. That's who you are. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to manufacture something. But I'm saying is, ask yourself the question, what is pulling me? What is moving me? What is, what is my current drifting in? And are the currents that I'm drifting in pulling me to the right thing? Because these waters are coming more and more together. Political waters are meshing with religious waters. Religious waters are meshing with economic waters. And demon, demon waters are all coming together. And, and, and you might be caught in something you don't know. Now, brother, thank you, brother Glenn. Brother, brother Moses, a couple brothers, shared the world with what's going on around us. We're all familiar with Facebook, and Facebook had a scandal come up, and, and it looked like the company's stocks are going to drop, and, and it's all about, their motto was all about connecting people together. And, and this are, that's our, who we are, and it's, it's all about that, and it's to give you freedom to express and connect I don't, I don't believe it's actually freedom in the end. I believe it's going to be, it, it binds people. And I'm not saying you can't operate within it because we are in this world, but we're not of this world. But I'm saying it's, I, I looked at what happened and now, you know, we don't often see what's behind the scenes and moving. We think we look at it for what it is, but we don't see what it's going to. And it was very interesting because this, this whole episode of this whistleblower forced them to come up and reveal their hand. And, and it wasn't within weeks that the, the founder comes up and says, we're not calling it Facebook anymore. We're calling it Meta. And, and it's going to be a Metaverse, a universe. And, and started talking about what it's going to be. And, and I, as I'm listening just to this little clip of, of the, him talking and, and what we're doing, we are going to create a world for you to live in. And I thought... There is a guy in heaven that could not create, but this is his Eden, and he's trying to create, he's trying to replicate, that spirit is still alive on the earth today. So he says, we're going to create this world, you know, instead of you being seen, we're going to create a character of you that you can dress up as you like, that can be responsive to who you are. It's not you in person, but it's you as a representation. And you're going to have your own house and your own office. And you're going to dwell with people and you're going to mix with people. And I thought, what's wrong with the real thing? What's wrong with showing your wrinkles if you got them? What's wrong with, with showing I got bad days and I got good days? And what's wrong with that? Because that's who we are. You know, I'm, I'm really, one thing that's really perplexed me. And I really have thought about this. And, and it's, it's this whole 
movement by politicians to cancel culture. You know, something that the founder did 150 years ago when he had slaves, when slavery was legal and it was all of what it was then. Now you're going to cancel that. You know, to me what it's like, it's like there's only one thing that will wash away sin. That's the blood of Jesus. But because there's a guilty conscience and there's a need to try to create and say, I'm absolving myself of that. I'm canceling that. It's making me look better. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to cancel all of that. Listen, you can't cancel it. Nothing will wash away sin but the blood of Jesus. And, And you can easily get that way in your own mind. Well, I'll just hit delete history. Sorry, it's on the book. You can delete it on your phone, your, on, your fo- on your computer, your phone, or whatever. And, and somebody can look and say, well, that's fine. But I'll say this, God still sees it. It's still on the book unless the blood is applied. Unless the blood washes it. But these things are all coming around us. I'm just speaking a little from my heart here. Time has gone in cycles and... Brother Branham would, would identify, you know, we, we took this, this thought here just um, a couple of weeks ago and we, we talked about the battle that we're in and, 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 and how spiritually through seven church ages, how there was always a trumpet that would sound. Every messenger would come in seven church ages. He would, he would sound a trumpet and he said, He says, there would be an announcement in the heavens. Brother Bram speaks this in the first seal. A seal is opened, a mystery is unfolded, and a trumpet sounds. It declares a war, a plague falls, a church age is opened. What's the war part? The angel of the Lord catches the mystery of God, not fully yet revealed, but when he does, he catches the mystery, and he goes to the people, and he starts a war. Now, it was a war when Paul went out. Paul was a messenger to the Jews, but he was really called to the Gentiles. But when Paul went in the synagogues and he began to tell them that Jesus Christ has raised the dead, him whom you crucified. I'll tell you what, that was a war. That was a spiritual war. But there was believers that were ordained to life to catch it. They caught that and they fought for it. There was something in them that identified with it. There ought to be something in us that identified it. There was something in Luther that he protested the Catholic Church. He didn't know why. He didn't know what it was. But it caused him to do it. I, I want you to think about this for a minute. If you ever have looked at Enoch and his pyramid, and Enoch really was the first Bible, science to this day cannot understand how that pyramid was put together. They have documents that say, well, it was, must have been millions of slaves and they used logs and they used these things. And a prophet comes along in this day and says, no, it was, it was atomic power. It was a more advanced civilization before the flood than after the flood. And he said, they've done things that we can't even replicate to this day. And he would share these things. But Enoch, as the builder of that pyramid, He shaped stones. He put them together. They fit so amazingly that they can't even figure it out. And and I asked the question, what was in Enoch's heart that caused him to say, it's not right? And so he said, it's good enough. No, it's not. It's it's, what was in the messenger's heart when he he couldn't hit the mark 
when he was hunting, and, and he couldn't do it because he was built that way. What's in our hearts when, when somebody comes along and says, it's just good enough to do it this way? No, I, there's something in us, friends, that ought to be real and living and saying, I'm not just moving with the herd. I'm not just going with where the water is, finding a path of least resistance. But there's a stream within me. That stream within me tells me I must go this way. I must do this thing. You've got to have something in you. It's got to move within you. It's got to be a life force. That artesian well, it may run deep, but it's moving. Black lives is moving. Political is moving. Cancel culture is moving. But God is also moving. His spirit is also moving. So Brother Branham says, this is the plan for seven ages. When that messenger goes off the scene... They reject the word, a plague falls, temporary judgment, and then another messenger comes. It's a great plan until the last angel. Now, he has no certain mystery, but he gathers up all them other truths, and he reveals them in his day. Now, we think of Revelations 10:7, but the scripture Brother Branham uses is Revelations 10 one to four, the mighty angel. Now, I, I'm not going to have time to say everything I would want to say today, so it, it'll be whatever the Lord brings and leads us to. <clears throat> Something happened in this day that you cannot stop anymore. When America rejected the gospel in 1956, they turned down their day of grace and judgment began to set in. Now, it didn't manifest in a great way, but it began to do it. Now, the churches were a holding and keeping power. But in 1963, when the word came and opened up, so much so that Brother Branham would say, now let them challenge me on serpent seed. Now it wasn't what he was saying, what he was fighting for, but somebody had come down and was standing as an authoritative voice behind that messenger. And, and something irreversible started in judgment for the world, but also in process for a bride. And Brother Branham would, would, would and I'll give you both sides of this just briefly, but he would go all the way to Revelations chapter 18, verse 4. Because before the seals, he would say, now you go back to your churches, you do that. But now he saw that this denominational system was going to lead to something. And the voice changed. And he goes to Revelations 18, verse 4, and he says, Come out of her, my people. Now it's really easy to say, I'm not in a denominational church, I'm in a message church, therefore I'm good. You can have denominational mindset and ideas, even in a message church. I say we need to be washed by the water of the word. We need to die daily. We need to continually be yielded unto God. Before you can ever go up, you've got to come out. 
And I say that that's a mandatory. You're not just going to go up. No, you've got to come out of that system. And it's been, it's been in place for years. The pure word was, was not even in place. But now the word has unfolded. The potential is there. But it hasn't been made a reality sometimes to us. I would say it's, 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 I'm, it's, it's unfolding to me. Week to week and service to service. And, and I say that unfolding, that's a flow. That's a stream. I want to stay in that stream. I don't want to move. I don't want to move into another course, another channel. I, I don't want to go over and slip over and get some man's commentary on what things are. I don't want to hear what, what, what the psychologists have to say about raising families. I, I, you know, they have some good thoughts, some good ideas, and if I can add to it. But everything I have is filtered through the Word of God. Everything has, this is the absolute. Make no mistake about it, Brother Ram says, the bride will be in the Word all the way. It's not our fastings, it's not our prayers, it's not our efforts, but there's one thing that we have. If God has led you out, it's a desire to be like Jesus. To, and, and the closer you get to Him, the more the Word pattern has to fit us. So that's on one hand. It's irreversible. But so also, Brother Branham would give us the anti-type, Jezebel religion, Ahab on the throne. But really it was Jezebel that was the head behind the throne. She was the one that did the leading. She had the laws of the land. She took them for her own gain and greed. And she, and she made Ahab do it because she was married to him. That's the way with our leader today. And the leader of that day was John F. Kennedy. He says, we're America we're free for our own choosing, but it elected a thing like that. Now, when Brother Branham saw that, that was a huge red flag. He's going, a gate has been opened. A stream is starting to flow through our land that's polluted. And, and he, would, he would begin to separate and distinguish himself from that. Very few people, and I would say that's where a prophetic voice is so key. Very few people can see what happens in the moment that it's happening. And I, I, you can just go right to the Bible. John, the revelator, he says he looks, he saw a woman dressed in purple, and, and she's, she's this, she's like in all of the world. And he says, and I looked at her with admiration. And the angel came to him and said, why are you marveling? Let me show you the truth behind this thing. And he goes on in Revelation 17. I'm not using scriptures this morning. I'm just trying to lay out. Lay out my, and he begins to lay it out. Friends, we need to see things as they really are. What is sometimes looks like a good thing, technology. What sometimes looks like a good thing, civil liberties, you know, protects us. They are not always good things. They are moving and they're channeling to things. I'm saying this, do not be uh, ignorant. Do not be unwise. Daniel would look down through history and he would see these things and see these kingdoms. And he, and he said, Daniel was about to write, he says, Daniel, don't write it. It's going to be sealed until the time of the end. Daniel, then it will be opened. And my people shall know and understand. And they that are wise shall turn many to righteousness. They'll do exploits. In the middle of Laodicea, they'll begin to lay down what Laodicea offers them. They'll begin to lay down the 
refineries. They'll begin to stop putting job first. They'll stop putting fashion first. They'll stop putting their own selfish needs first. And they'll say, this is passing. This is going. But that which is up there is eternal. We're moving into that. We've got to move with it. Brother Branham goes on to say, now he's looking at politics and he's alarmed. But now through prophetic eyes he looks, my voice is going to be stopped soon. And it actually happened when he was on earth. He had no open door among the churches. Full gospel businessmen did because of two men. Brother Carl Williams and Brother Songmore, I think is his name. They kept the door open. Even the full gospel businessman was going to shut him down. But God had those men there. God bless those men. Because of those men, we have tapes. Because of those men, we have services. You know, the enemy was there every service. He's preaching one of the most outstanding messages, the rapture. He's, he's, he's at a banquet hall, and they had the room booked for so long, and the catering people were starting to clean up the dishes while he's preaching. They were saying, I said, oh, I think they want me to go. I just got to get this to you, friends. Last messages on earth. Don't think all hell is against this revelation. Not the message, the revelation of the message. He said, and, and, and Christ the mystery would say, lack of revelation causes so many divisions in the message. But he'd say, my voice is going to be stopped soon. Why? Revelations 2.20. The great harlot, he'd say, he talks about it. She calls herself a prophetess. And then he makes these statements. You watch the wave of sin happen now. You watch core go plumb to core. You watch modernistic, watch ungodly things happen in the churches. And finally, there'll come a persecution. The Bible says so. Thus saith the Lord, certainly there will be. Now, as the message involves, and that's why I said I'm, I, I wanted to get to Feast of Trumpets. But if you have a chance, listen to it here or there. You're not going to digest this in one sitting. And I'm not even going to go there completely today. But Brother Brandon would, would talk about a physical persecution and a spiritual persecution. And at the Feast of the Trumpets, he sees the vision of the bride and the church. And he sees the bride come in, and then the church falls, follows. And, and he says, there's the bride, pure, clean, holy, march to the dress of the gospel, walking to the beat of the gospel. Then the church came into view, led by a witch, be, beating to rock and roll. Uh, uh, you, you know what? You don't have to go very far to churches these days. To, to see pyrotechnics, light show, drums, and, and, and beat of, of rock and roll music, and things to entice the flesh, unredeemed flesh sometimes, and that, that's what's in the church. That's not the church. That is the church, that, that kind of, but that's not the bride. And Brother Branham, his heart was smitten. He says, Lord, is this the best I can do? And he says, and then I heard something. The bride came into view again. 
That's the part I want to fulfill. That's the current. That's the beat I want to march to. That's the flow. And and listen, you're not going to be there if you're dilly-dallying in the world right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not going to be there if your heart and your passion is for the things of the world. Questions and answers. Brother Branham, how do I know if I have the token? Well, he says, well, what were your desires before? And what were your desires after? And then you'll know if you have the token. Not if you check off rules. And if you're doing it because it's rules, I'm just saying, don't stay in that pool. Don't stay in that flow. Start to fall in love with Jesus. Start to ask Him. Be honest with Him. Lord, I don't have the desire for you that I want. That I know I need. But Lord, give me a heart like your own heart. It's not going to happen all at once. A little, a mighty river doesn't start as a mighty river up in the mountain. It starts as a little trickle. It starts as a little something. But be in the right trickle. Be in that right stream. Be caught up in it. I I trust you're catching what I'm saying. I really, probably without a lot of structure to where I'm going, but I'm just, again, laying it on my heart. He would talk in the church age book, and he would say, and I'm just going to go by memory, I'm not going to read it. He says, there's two women that come into view at the end. There is Satan's bride, and there's God's bride. And he says, a woman on one hand represents all things foul and, and impure and vile, and he says, that's, that's what he's doing out of this last day. But he says, on the other hand, a woman can represent all things beautiful and good. And, and he says, it's like she's like gold. And, and, and I, I just have marveled at, at what God is desiring. And just, just some little quotes that keep coming to me and different things that I'm, I'm getting. And I, and I just start to look at them and I think, Lord, that's what I want. That's, that's, that's what I desire. And, and I, I was just looking at one here today and it was, it was wonderful because I, I just thought of it. I said... Lord, I, I never thought it would be like this. What does it take to live a Christian life? The church of the living God, which is the pillar of truth. God intended this church to be a powerful church, a glorious church, a church that the whole world could look upon as the bride of Christ, well expected and espoused, and to live in such an atmosphere and conduct itself in such a way that God would be proud of this church to present it to Christ at the coming of the Lord. Oh, Lord, let me find my place in that. Brother Ed, does it mean that this is the only way you make it to heaven? No, but if you're here, this is the way God would want for you. There will be, there will be people that will be saved, but they'll live outside the city. There will be people that will be there that will serve. There will be people that will, will do those things. But, but there will be people that will live inside the city. And that's the bride. She won't be working. She won't be, she'll be at the side. <clears throat> the scripture Brother Moses shared just a few, a few weeks ago on a Wednesday. And, and the books were opened. And thousands times thousands names were there. And it says, and thousands ministered to him. That was the portion of the bride. That ministry starts here. The wedding starts here. That's the channel you want to be found in. 
Not, not to pick on anybody that might be here in this situation. But there's a difference when you're courting and there's a difference when you're engaged. For one, you can sit together when you're engaged. I'm not picking on anybody here. Just let it be known. It's a different path. <laughs> Thank God it's there, right? I marveled how the Adrian family worked. This is a, a brother came from the north side to find a girl on the south side in their family. And that was Brother Luke traveled many times from, from North Edmonton to Beaumont. But then there was a brother from Beaumont who said, that's a pretty good path. I'm going to use that and go north. And he did. And he was successful. God bless you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you there? I want to turn just to this PowerPoint at this point. I, I feel like Maybe my thoughts are broken up, but I'm, I'm really trying to bring this and start to bring some things into place. So if you can turn on that PowerPoint for now, and uh, we're going to tie some of this together with, with last week. Just, just the backlights. Thanks, Brother Allen. We've used this. We've talked about this 7,000 year time period. We've talked about the second, like the first 2,000 years was Noah, the ark. Abraham com comes out of that uh, here, um, uh, right, uh, sorry, at that time. This is the second 2,000-year period. Then there was the, the third, which is the seven church ages coming up to this junction, 6,000 years. And, and then there is, I'm going to go into these more next week. We'll, we'll pick those up. But I wanted to just read these. Now, we're coming to a head, we're coming to a place where, where everything's coming together. This is very much on people's minds, church people, um, because of a mark. And <clears throat> Revelation 13, it says, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, I, I'm just going to say this. If, if you want to take this thought in your heart, you're not going to get accidentally punctured and get a mark. You will need to be in the path or in the channel or the tributary that will lead you to the mark. And I'll say this, you, I'll say this if you're, you won't be able to smart enough to figure it out. And I'll say, and before it ever would be a natural, it'll be a spiritual mark. This is, this is really serious, if I can just say this for a minute. I, I listen to souls that are in prison. And Brother Bram said, now I'm kind of venturing. This may not be the time, but it will be. When there will be people that are on earth that will never have a chance to make it anymore because they crossed the line. Yeah. And in fact, in one place, he said, I saw some people at the altar the other day crying and weeping to get back, but a black sheet came down they could not find that place anymore. Now, we don't like to say that. I don't like to say that to a church, but it's real. There are people that are making their eternal destination. And, and, and I never meant to do it. Esau never meant to sell his birthright. But because he didn't value it, when a moment came and hunger, he sold it. So, the, be, the marking will not be the marking that, that you have to watch for. 
No, stay in the right tributary. God will lead you. And if you have the seal of God, the devil can't touch you. In, in other words, he's forbidden, forbidden. That, that's what he is. He can't touch you. So, fourth seal. The Antichrist was a pale horse, a mixed color. L- let me just say this. If you ever listen to, to teachers sometimes in denominations, they said, there's four oncoming horses, and they're, and they're all this, and they're all this. They don't even know that three of the horse riders have come and gone. They don't even know that. And we're sitting here. Why would God reveal it to us? So that we would recognize the characteristics that now show up in this final horse ride. And we're in between because this final horse ride will not happen actually while the bride is here, but the powers are coming together. This is the whole thing. These tributaries, these streams, these, these, these channels are all moving that way. Don't be caught in the wrong one. So it's mixed powers, all uniting together, politics, etc. Don't try and outwit him. Just trust the Lord. Crowning time. When he gets the sword, he unites his powers together. He's governor of the state, governor of heaven, receives a triple crown. And then he also exercises that he's got some money if they want to pay him out. He can pray them out. He's got the power. He's a vicar. He takes the place of God on earth. Laodicean church age. Three isms. They all wind up together. I used this already. Brother Branham, in the same quote, he says, the atomic bombs are hanging there ready now, each one afraid to pull the trigger. But someday, they'll have too much vodka and press the trigger. Now, there's one nation in the country that's notorious for vodka. And and it's the king of the north. And he says, and that bomb passes through. He says, when it goes, there'll be others that go that way. You know what will take place? The world can't stand it. The gospel's been preached. Christ is made manifest to the people just before the rapture of the taking away of the church. Before that can happen, the church will be gone. And that could happen before morning. Let's, let's move along a little bit. I'm going to just take some of this. This is uh, things I'll save. I'm just going to use this because... I want to just bring this as you move in and give these thoughts when we do what's called the Feast of the Trumpets. So there are actually seven feasts, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, Atonement, etc. But there are, this one happens in the first month, that's the month of April, but it's the Passover feast, the unleavened bread. If you look at the Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy says, gather your males together three times a year. They must appear. But the first gathering was at the Feast of Passover, the second at the Feast of Pentecost, the last at the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I want to use this. This is a yearly cycle that Israel would play out. So all these cycles happen over and over again, but the cycles are winding down. They're not, now this is to natural Israel, but I want to take it a step further. So the first gathering, it was Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Then it was 50 days later, Pentecost. Then it was seven months back over here to the trumpets. So the long period between here and here was seven months. Now, it was trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. So this is another diagram. Spring, so three feasts that were there. 
then summer, Pentecost, then the three feasts, trumpets, atonement, tabernacles, and then they, what they call the feast of the la la last great day. I'm going to go a little further. Ah, let me just go back. So this is the seven-month schedule. The first month, there was the first three feasts. The third month, that was the feast of Pentecost. The seventh month was the fall feasts, trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. Now, so feast of trumpets, and we took the scripture last week, if a trumpet blows a sound, who shall know what it declares if it's an uncertain sound? So the feast of trumpets was a gathering. So they would sound a trumpet, and it was a sound for gathering, it was a sound for war, and it was a sound to gather together for something. So the trumpets blow, so the trumpets, if you take the book of Revelations, are to Israel. I'm not going to go into detail on that this morning because I want to stay in the thought, but I'm using this as a little bit of a type. Was to bring them to where? To the atonement. Now Israel rejected the atonement the first time. And if you look at their rejection of the atonement, it, they, they never recognized that Christ was that lamb. Now when they get called back in this last feast, Christ isn't going to be re-killed. But they're going to recognize what already happened. And Brother Bam said it was not a re-killing, but it was a recognition. We as Gentiles can recognize it right away. They were blinded for us. So, in Leviticus 23, in the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, a blowing of trumpets. And then actually in Leviticus 25, you shall cause the trumpet to sound, of the jubilee to sound in the tenth Day of the seventh month. 10-7. I remember that somewhere. Nothing is by accident. Now, if you actually take the types. Now, yearly, but I want you to look at it this way. That's when Genesis happened. This is when Abraham came in. There was 2,000 years. At this point when Christ died, that was when the lamb was slain in reality. That's when the lamb was slain. That's when the, the, uh, the, 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 the lamb was slain right here. That was the feast of the Passover. Not just a type, but in reality. A real living lamb. So then after that became, was the, 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 the feast of the, the, it was the, the lamb that was the feast of first fruits. And then it was the, um, after that it was the way, the way so I got to go back to what I wrote here. Hang on a sec. I'm. I'm running so fast, I'm missing myself up. So, it started Leviticus 23. The first was the, the Feast of the Passover, then the Unleavened Bread. That's what I was looking for. And after the Unleavened Bread, then it was the first fruit. So, really, that was here. Then was the Unleavened Bread. Then was the Feast of the first fruits. I'm going to bring a little something in here. After that was a long period that would come right to the end and, oh, sorry, there was those three together. Then there was the day of Pentecost where God poured His Spirit out amongst them. And then there was the seven-month cycle of seven church ages typed. We're here right now. The trumpets have sounded in reality for Israel. Now, they're, they, we've gone through four. This is to Israel. They're being called to the atonement. We have, also, we have already received our atonement. We've already received this message. They'll receive the same message. And then there will be the Feast of Tabernacles where we enter into the millennium. 
So these things aren't just yearly now, but now they're being typed in the span of time. Let's, let's go a little further. The gathering of the trumpets, blood, fire, everything scatters the ground. It brings Israel out of spiritual Egypt. Now, Brother Rana makes this statement, and I won't elaborate it completely today, but every trumpet that blowed, blowed under the sixth seal. Now, I, I need to say this. We sometimes don't see things with our intellectual mind. Even Brother Branham did not. He said, I want to go and preach the seven trumpets like I did the seven seals. And he tried to make it work and it wouldn't work. And finally, he sought God and God says, you already preached them supernaturally. And he said, they don't apply to the church. They apply to Israel. Now, there's an aspect of this that when we see where we're at, it gives us faith for the hour that we're in. And that will be another time. Now, in Feast of the Trumpets, uh, Brother Branham doesn't say this, but he says, on that tape, in the Feast of the Trumpets, I, I said, which meant the seven church ages, not seven months, he refers to something mistakenly as seven Sabbaths. We all, we all say things we don't mean sometimes. I, do, I, I did last week, I think, on Wednesday, I even said uh, at the time of the church ages, he preached the Holy Ghost. It was actually a year later. So I, I said it wrong, and I'm saying it. I, I'm, I'm, not one of us is perfect in ourselves, but understand what we mean. So Brother Branham says here now, the seventh Sabbath, which is the seventh month after the feast of Passover, oh, it's a great teaching there. I didn't touch the end of it. But count off those months, those months, they represent the seven church ages. Some minister would pick it up, and then you'd have it. So when the trumpet blow and you see Israel going into their land, it's the fulfillment of the feast. When they get in their land, the next thing is the atonement to recognize what they did, which is as the seventh seal is to the bride, so is the seventh trumpet to Israel. So under our messenger, we receive the pure word. All that was lost through the ages, so will the Jews under their two prophets. Revelations 11. He says, the 50 days have passed over. The Pentecostal feast has passed. The seven Sabbaths till the trumpets. Are you listening? Under the sixth trumpet, the Pentecostals reject the Bible. The lukewarm, not only Pentecostals, all the rest the church world rejects Christ and he's put on the outside. This is where I don't want to get into tons of information, but I'm just trying to be, do this this way. Under the same seal, rather, when it was open to show Jesus on the outside of the church, trying to get back at the same time, the trumpet sounded for the Jews and the Jews recognized the atonement. Now the Holy Spirit has been bound by these denominational rivers Almost 2,000 years, but is to be loosed in the evening time by the evening time message. The Holy Spirit back in the church again. Christ himself revealed in human flesh in the evening time. We'll stop the PowerPoint there. Thanks, Brother Mark. Now, I, I, I kind of brought that in because I, I want to just bring where we are at and say... As something is happening for the Jews, the trumpets are bringing them together. There's something for the church world that's bringing them together. We're all being brought into these tributaries that, that intertwine and overlap. And, and we can see what's happening with the Jews. 
as they get closer, there, there's certain prophetic events that are, are going to happen. The Catholic Church will make a covenant with the Jews. But at that time, the church, the bride will be gone. But when you see the language starting to come together, when you see economic pressure coming together, that's the time you just buckle up the armor a little closer. It's just about time to go home. And there's, there's these different tributaries that you come and you go through. I, I, I really, I, I really want to get to something. And it's going to be a little different, but I just felt to do that this morning. I, I over time... Have, as I've listened to the message, and I, I will say I just mentioned souls in prison, I've, I've gone back and listened to souls in prison. The first time I ever listened to it, the Spirit of God was so real, it caused me to shake up. At, at the time, I listened to choosing of the bride, and, and you know, nice message, boy meets girl, da-da-da, and then it brings it into spiritually, and then Brother Branham, just that prophet comes. And he says, repent, Los Angeles. This is not just William Branham, the man. This is the Spirit of God speaking to this age. There's other places I've just come to. And I, I, I was also looking at the message, 10 virgins and 144,000. And then also with that Patmos vision. And I want to play a portion of tape this morning where Brother Branham talks and this has always struck me, and it relates to the tributaries, it relates to all of that. So this is going to be a little different way to just wind down the service, but I feel it's important, friends. Don't, don't get lulled to sleep. Things are happening. And don't just look at Brother Branham's voice here, but look at the Spirit of God that was on that man. Brother Mark, we'll start from 201, if you don't mind. It hasn't come yet, because if, uh, if they're still here, then I know I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. So... Ten virgins went out to meet the Lord. Five of them as wild, five foolish. As we took this morning, they grasped the tree. Now remember, as they went out to meet God, now watch the Bible said, the books were opened. Daniel 7, 9, the books were opened. That's the book of the sinner. And another book was opened. Who came with him? The church from the rapture. Oh, tens of thousands, times thousands, times thousands of thousands came with him and ministered to him. His wife, the bride. His wife came with him. The church. Judgment was set. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which was the sleeping virgin. And every man would judge thus in the book. You'll be asked to give a reason why you didn't. And then what then? Oh, amen. You know better now. You know better. You might not know it before, but you do now. See? What well, if this righteous will scarcely be saved? Where will that sinner and ungodly person appear? The one who rejects knows better than rejects it. Where will they appear? His feet like brass. Divine judgment. Now let's see. We're soon down to the end of the page now. Hair like wool. And his eyes were flames of fire. And his feet 
feet like uh, brass burned in a furnace. And his voice, the sound of many waters. Voice of many waters. What does waters represent? If you want to mark it down, turn to Revelation 17, 15, and you'll find that the Bible said, The waters which thou sawest is sickness and multitudes and people and tongues. All right. Boys, what a horrible thing for a drifting soul on the sea of life. No pilot to guide him. Loose floating with the tides to hear the roar of the great cataracts, the falls. What a horrible thing it would be to a soul drifting. Voice of many waters. What is his voice? It's a judgment. The voice of the ministers through the Holy Spirit that's cried out to the people in every age standing there. The voice of many waters. Cry out. Sickness and multitude. The voice of those seven stars in his hands of every church age. Preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism in Jesus' name, speaking in tongues, the power of God, the resurrection of Christ, the second coming, divine judgment. The voice of many waters came forth from this one. It looked like the Son of Man. Many waters. What will be to know what you set in meetings and heard that you should get right with God and receive the Holy Ghost and a drifting soul to hear that voice speak out in that meeting that you set in and heard the judgments of God preached and refused it. The great falls just below you. The great cataracts that will take you to your eternal doom. Voice of many waters. Fourth personage of him. Voice of many waters. How are you going to do it? When it's recorded in glory. When the voice tonight is recorded. Your voice is recorded. Your thoughts are recorded. As a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Notice. Your voice is louder in heaven and your, I mean, your thoughts are louder in heaven and your voice is on the earth. Certainly it is. God knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He knows all about it. He said to the Pharisees, you hypocrites, how can you speak good things when out of the abundance of the heart speaketh them out? Calling me master good and I know I can look right through you and see that you're hypocrites. Amen. You don't mean that. Oh, what will that be on that day when that voice thunders out of many waters? Many church ages forming out. I want to ask you something else. Let me say something to you people that saved. Let me say this to you. Are you drifting soul, you poor drifter, that's drifting over that great cataract kind of... Be careful. It'll be a horrible thing when you know that there's no saving for you then. You can't get saved then. You know your doom lays right before you. When you know within a few minutes, you'll hear that voice speak out, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, into everlasting fire which is prepared for the devil and his angels. You know when you hear that great falls or roaring of those voices of those meetings while you're passing out of this. Oh, what a horrible thing! What a nightmare! Don't let it happen to you people. Repent. Get right with God now while you can get right. Now I want to ask you something else. What is any sweeter to a man that's anchored? Laying back under the evergreen tree to hear the rippling brook. <laughs> That's the church, sitting in heavenly places with the voice of God rippling sweetly and talking to him. See what it is? It's a condemnation to the sinner and a blessing to the saved. A man who safely anchored his boat 
upon the rock Christ Jesus and just lays and listens how he can rest. Enter into that rest. How I like to get where the waters are running. If we ever go fishing or anything, I usually try to find me a place where the waters are rippling because it just makes you rest. You hear it just talking all night. Oh, my. Isn't it beautiful when you can really anchor your soul into Christ in such a place till you can get quiet before Him and hear His voice speaking to you. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. I'm the Lord that giveth thee eternal life. I love thee. I know thee before the foundation of the world. I put thy name upon the book. Thou art mine. Fear not. It's me. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Thou saying I've anchored my soul in a haven of rest. I'll sail, oh, I'll see the Lord. The tempest may sweep over the walls, stormy deep, but in Jesus I'm safe evermore. Remember, the very voice that speaks sweet to you will condemn the sinner. The very flood that saved Noah destroyed the sinner. See what I mean? The voice of many waters. I remember I was a young man. Musicians can come. I won't delay the service. It's already five to one. The clock hasn't been changed. <laughs> I was a young man. Come out of the world. There was a pull. The pull of the world was there. But God was dealing with me. And I remember coming to this and listening to this service by a tape in my room at night. And when that came out, it caused me to fall on my knees. I'd say this, friend. I've, I've, I've just tried to labor. What current are you drifting in? Because the falls are imminent. The Lord Jesus Christ that gives you opportunity today will be an angry judge one day. And you want to make your calling and election sure. This is... This is not to put emotion there. This is not to put condemnation. But this is reality. This is truth. I, I just, I, I, I really had a lot more on my plate and last night and this morning and just the Lord began saying, this is where you need to be this morning. I, I've been listening to what the Holy Spirit's been saying to us as a church. I don't think he wants any of us to miss it. I think he wants us all to come in. He wants to extend grace to us. Now you can just play something softly, Sister Angie. I'm just asking the question, what current are you drifting in? Is it pulling you closer to God? Do you find you resist God? No, I... I I could just say, we read the scripture on Wednesday, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can, you can read all the books you want about marriage, but until you go through it, I know what it means now. You can read all the books about raising children. Yeah, I get it. I've, I helped. I was an uncle. I was an aunt. I was, but when you have your own, then you know. You can hear about what the Holy Spirit will do, but until He comes and dwells in you, you don't really know. I believe God wants us to know. And I, this is just a simple analogy. 
But let's be in the right channel. I, I, don't have, I didn't have time today to get into the church channels, the different things that are there. We'll touch on it maybe a little bit. But today, this morning, God's been dealing with some of us. Tonight, we're going to have a brother get baptized. A brother who was baptized many years ago. You all would know him. But he says, I don't care. I want to make sure everything's right. I don't recommend that for everybody. But if God speaks to you, we don't need everybody all getting rebaptized. All we need to do is be sincere before God. And I'm saying is, you might think, this is just, you know, I'll pull into the mainstream when it's time. Brother Branham went through an incident in his life. The flood of Ohio. And he was on a boat. And he had disobeyed the Lord. And his wife and daughter were dying. And he was trying to get his motor started. But he couldn't. almost heartbreaking as he tells the account but what would be more heartbreaking is to have somebody who sat in our services had heard it had an opportunity I'm not asking for a show of hands I'm just saying God's been speaking service by service let's find the right channel maybe you're a sincere church member but things of just the allure of this or the allure. I, I, I found just a great battle this last year. And I thank God that the Holy Ghost always tugs and brings us back to where we need to be. Do you love him this morning? Yeah. He doesn't want a people that are I'll obey this rule, I'll do it, but their heart is somewhere else. He wants a people that want to be at his side. I believe he would, he would do that. You know, there's the song that Brother Branham referred to. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. If you've anchored in that, let's just stand up together this morning. We're closing the service. Maybe a little broken up. Maybe that's okay. It wasn't maybe what I planned, but it's not what I plan. It's what God plans. Can we just sing that this morning? I've anchored my soul, the haven of rest. Let's just sing from verse one. My soul. Can you do that, or do you want? If you need the chorus, go with the chorus. Well, I've anchored my soul. In the 